Today, we are actually going to throw it back, even though it's not hashtag Throwback Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk about unaired pilots in our very special first recording Unaired ever. pilot. An unaired pilot of Writers Get Animated. That's, that's the Inception noise. It's Inception. It's Inception, everybody. Just in case you didn't know. Welcome to Writers Get Animated. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. Today, we're talking about unaired pilots, which I think is kind of funny. Um, I think there's lots of fun stuff to talk about here. Um, we have a couple fun things picked out as well. I'm saying fun a lot right now. It's um, okay. Mm. It's a, this is a fun thing. Yeah. See, uh, we, we have a couple of examples of some pilots that are out there that you can go out and watch and explore. We won't talk about all of them. We wish we could talk about all of them. There's just so many that are out there. And we invite you to go and watch these. So we chose three great things. Well, great. two. Air quotes, great. Lots of air quotes, great things to talk <laughs> about in terms of these unaired pilots that you can go check out and see how they compare to the actual show. So let's start by talking about, because uh, this was, I found this to be a real rabbit hole topic for me. Like I just kind of kept watching pilot after pilot after pilot and doing research and getting really into these shows that didn't exist. And for me, it felt a lot like trying to write something and developing a character and then cutting that character and knowing that this thing is out there that I like and I'll never get to use or watch more of. Um, so what did you find grabbing you? What did you find made a, uh, a good pilot that interested you in what you were watching? Well, a lot of these pilots, because pilots in animation are just a different beast because they end up being so much shorter. Um, that's one thing that I noticed and surprised me about all these pilots is they tend to be about three minutes, five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, if you're lucky. Sometimes dialogue. Yeah, and sometimes just a flip book. In the case of Phineas and Ferb, we get something that's more like the old... Um, animation where they stick the things on the wall and point at them with pointers and give the whole storyboard view of everything. The old animatic, not animaniacs, animatics, <laughs> different, different topic entirely, but they're, they're so short because generally when these pilots are being made, it's a couple of people making them. It's not a whole studio who's going full force into the pilot. It's just, a couple of people trying to get this created and who knows how long it's taken them to actually make and generate these minutes of animation um, and how rough a lot of them are. And it is absolutely a labor. I once in college decided that I should try my hand at hand animating something. And I spent probably every Saturday morning for five weeks, three hours at a time in a lab trying to hand animate something. And I got about 20 seconds out of it. Um, so even knowing that it's maybe two or three people doing five minutes of footage with real colors and characters you have to keep track of, uh, that's pretty impressive. And Chris, you came into this with one pilot that you were just all about. We should talk about Ghostbusters. Yes. The real Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters. You I'm have sorry. to say the real Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters. Because there's the other uh, Funimation Ghostbusters, which... Is not based on the movie of, you know, Dan Aykroyd and... Of busting ghosts. 
Right. Yeah. It's based on the old TV series, um, black and white TV series, Ghostbusters, where they have a gorilla. I don't know if you ever watched. I am learning so much right now. You you did not know about I this other Ghostbusters. I did not know about this. Yeah, I, they have a gorilla. There's two older guys, and they have a gorilla. Um, is this a Tennessee Williams play? It almost feels like it should be. Okay. It almost feels they have a ghost car, and that's not the Ghostbusters we're talking about. This is what we're trying to make clear. <laughs> we're discussing the real Ghostbusters. Because the real Ghostbusters um, just recently had their unaired pilot aired. Oh, and what's interesting about the the unaired pilot is it's really not an episode. It's not a story. Um, and most of it you could watch when you watch the show itself, because what they created was the title sequence. That's what they did. So in the scope of this pilot, because it was coming from something that came from before, it came from the movie, people knew the characters. So they had to say, this is what this world looks like in animation. So they were saying, this is what Peter Venkman looks like in animation. This is Winston Zedmore in animation. And this is what the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man looks like in animation. Mm -hmm. And this is the style and the feel and the tone. So you didn't really have to create character in the same sense where you are starting from scratch. You had something that you had already mined, something that everybody already knew. So you just had to essentially animate the theme song, throw in the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and say, doesn't that look good? Well, one thing I found interesting, speaking of character in that pilot, um, watching it for the first time, I couldn't put my finger on why it looked weird to me. And it wasn't until you pointed out that it's because they're wearing the same Ghostbusters outfits that they were in the movie. They're all brown, all the same color. And it didn't look that good in animation. And when you watch the actual show of the real Ghostbusters, they have slightly different colors in the outfits, which, I mean, it's in an animated TV show, color goes a long way to differentiate character. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it was really interesting that in the pilot, it was just like, here they are in animation form. And when you add a little splash of color, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it absolutely did. And that's... That's all that they really changed beyond it. Everything with the ghosts and the dancing, because of course, dancing <laughs> ghosts, who, who does not dance to the theme to Ghostbusters. But they, with all of that, they still, it's still there in the show. If you watch the real Ghostbusters, anything except for the things with the actual Ghostbusters came from that unaired pilot. So it's kind of disingenuous to call it a pilot. But that's an animation pilots are these little bits that just give you a feel for, hey, this is what we're trying to do. If we had actual time and energy and money and a little bit of resources, maybe we could give you something like it. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe this is the show you would get in, in the end. So I, I think it it stands it stands up for that because you get excited about that show. And that's in a lot of ways what it's about. It's can you get behind this? Can you back this? Can we support this? Put the resources to it. And it really paid off for them. How long did that show run? Oh my gosh, how long did that run? I want to say that was three seasons, but I could be completely wrong. I caught it a little bit as a kid, and back then everything feels like a long time. 
Well, the real Ghostbusters and I, we we stayed around a lot together. <laughs> my only recently did I give away my proton pack and um, everything with the ghosts in it. Um, well, the proton pack, the actual proton oh, pack that oh, I see, that I wore for myself. I'm showing how little I know about the Ghostbusters as a whole. The proton right pack is the device that you wear on your back, and you blast with the beam. Okay. The trap ah. is what you roll on the floor. You kick it. Yes. You stomp. You stomp on it. It opens up. You know, that's the that's, that's the, the sound pack. I know. Yeah. See. Okay. Proton pack. Um, <laughs> So that th yes, so yeah. I don't know how many seasons it actually lasted, but I did watch a ton. Ooh, my goodness! There were seven seasons. Seven seasons. There were seven seasons. And there was another one after there, wasn't there? Like the the real extreme Ghostbusters. Or uh, just the extreme Ghostbusters. Just the extreme Ghostbusters. <laughs> the real extreme Ghostbusters <laughs> would be a, a little extreme, I think. But the extreme Ghostbusters was the sequel to the real Ghostbusters. Hmm. which um, the only member of the team who went forward with that was Egon. Egon went into the extreme Ghostbusters. He was the best character in the cartoon. Yeah. Throwing down the glove. Really? Yeah. In the Well, you did say the cartoon. Yeah, in the, cartoon, the cartoon, not the movie. Okay, in the cartoon. In the cartoon. In the cartoon, I can probably grant that. Good. That Egon is probably one of the more interesting aspects of the cartoon. Ooh, so how about another one that is so different from some of the movies that have come before? Okay. Hit us with it. Gotham High, which is something I didn't know about. And you, can, you too, listener, can find on the internet. It's not an official pilot. Uh, no, they never did any footage. Never got we, animated. We could find. No. Um, but a lot of the art has leaked. The concept is that it's uh, <clears throat> Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman. Spoilers. My bad. Spoilers, everybody. Bruce Wayne is Batman. We'll talk about that more. A lot. Um, and he's in high school. When, uh, According to the comic mythology, of course, he's learning to be Batman and going around the world and all that fun stuff, depending on which version of it you're reading. Um but it's Bruce Wayne in high school, in almost the same grade as Barbara Gordon, first red flag, um, and all of his rogues gallery of villains with all of their superpowers already as his classmates. And they share these classes together as Bruce Wayne, and I'm not sure if the Joker has a high school name or if it's just Bruce Wayne and the teacher calls the name, the Joker, are you here? I don't know. Um, unfortunately, this never got made, so these answers will never be known. Um, I still think, I still argue that it could work. I want to hear this. It, it could work. I honestly think Gotham High <laughs> would work. And here's the reason why I think that. It's because... We all know, we all know who Batman is. We all know Bruce Wayne, who he's supposed to be. So if we're bending it that far, it's got to be interesting. So it, it has to work because here's the thing: you said 
and I, I, I looked it up myself trying to figure this stuff out, that Thomas and Mary Wayne, the parents, Bruce Wayne's parents, yes. still alive <laughs> in Gotham High. Was that a fact? Did we confirm that? I, I thought we did. Okay, let's assume that they are still alive in Gotham High. So they, the fact that Bruce Wayne's parents are still alive means that Bruce Wayne doesn't have a tragedy to turn him into Batman. So if you take a rich kid, put him in a high school, and high school is the thing that transforms him. <laughs> high school is the tragedy. Especially being a rich kid, having to go to this public high school with all these other people, you know, from the neighborhood. Because, let's face it, Thomas Wayne, if he were alive, would have forced Bruce to go to public high school. Oh, absolutely agreed. And Thomas I, Wayne totally would have. Thomas Wayne that's would evidence have. for him being alive. Right. The fact that he's in the same school with these kids. Unless the rest of the... Um, villains, unless all their parents are rich as well, which the Cobblepots yes. were rich. Mm-hmm. So, assuming that the Cobblepots are alive and the Cobblepots are putting Oswald, aka the Penguin, through high school, it could be a private school, but it doesn't look like a private school. None it doesn't look like a private school. It looks like an outdoor high school in California, which is, I think, my other problem with it. That it looks like California? Yeah, because Gotham is dark and dreary and rainy and gross and, for all intents and purposes, New York City. You don't really have outdoor high schools but was, in New York. But was Gotham always like that? Maybe the thing that sent Gotham downhill... High school again? No, no, no. Was Thomas Wayne dying? <laughs> what if that was like... The fixed point in time... Now we're getting into, like... This is Doctor Who now. No, 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 no. This is still Batman. This is still Batman. Batman has fixed points in time. (laughs) Everything has a fixed point in time. (laughs) Mackenzie. (laughs) So, if Thomas Wayne is still alive, Gotham can thrive. I did not mean for that to rhyme. (laughs) I think you did. I think you were planning that. I did not plan. So, if if Gotham thrives... Maybe that also means that Superman, because same universe. Oh, man. Maybe Superman has never came to Earth either. And maybe lots of things haven't happened to make this an idyllic world. And because who knows what influence has, has happened to make Gotham just so dark. I think Thomas Wayne being alive, Superman not being around... I think I think Gotham can be a metropolis. I think we're writing our own cartoon show now. It could be, but high school is the tragedy that turns him into Batman. I don't know what acid this high school child fell into to turn into the Joker. I that's that's the Joker is the one thing I have the problem with in Gotham High. I just like that they all live in the same neighborhood, not even the same city of Gotham. I'm assuming Gotham is large enough to have Quite possibly more than one high school. Um, but in this universe, they all go to the same high school. I might accept it. I might accept it. If it's a magnet school for science and crime fighting or something. For <laughs> science. Well, 
let's talk about let's figure this out so what makes this a good pilot why it didn't get picked up obviously mm-hmm. probably because of the things that we're asking there are too many questions as jim carrey as the riddler makes fun of in batman forever there's too many questions <laughs> that's what val kilmer says um but what i think makes this good though i mean as opposed to the batman movies at the time or just before the time of this creation is um the character art which obviously doesn't translate well onto our audio podcast but the character art does look really fascinating and good like it just brings you in you want to know about these characters um it kind of it reminds me a lot of the x-men evolution style which is very true Mm -hmm. it does lots of lines lots of shading kind of like interesting brooding but bright colors it's very much based on strong shape. So each character is their very strong uh, shape that defines them. Yeah. Bruce Wayne still looks like Batman in a way. He's very He's a square. triangle upside down. Absolutely. Square head. Yeah. Um, Bane is there. The, the, the design of the penguin is one that I keep coming back to in my brain. I keep seeing... His design, very sharp, very strong, very um, very angular and round somehow. I don't know how they do that with a penguin. If you do it right, it's He's always angles. round. Yeah. yeah, angles and round. <laughs> somehow it's both and... But I... These... That pitch, I just can't imagine that... That pitch because there's just so many story questions that you can't solve because he can't be Batman and Bruce Wayne in high school with he would have to all, miss class he'd have to fail out of high school well all his villains are in class so what's he gonna do fight them during study hall is is are they gonna have some sort of poisonous dodgeball game I mean what Square dancing? I did that in high school. Did you do square dancing in high school? I did, sadly. Um, I did not do well at it. Although Who you're, did you're, do well in square dancing in high school? Bruce Wayne. That's true. He probably did. I would bet so. Um, but your talk of <laughs> high school Batman and when does he fight these is leading me to wonder, did this pitch lead into Batman Beyond, where future Batman is in future high school? Most of the villains in that show aren't in high school, and they're very different villains, and it's a different story entirely, mostly, depending, spoilers. Um, but he does miss high school a lot. That's like a big plot point in that show. Where you have the young high school age. Because the only reason why you would do a young high school age Batman is to get in with the young high school age audience. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why you do it. And I think that's part of the problem that they might have on Gotham, which is a live action show, which we won't talk about. But it's, well, are they villains yet? Is he a hero yet? Does it? Does anyone care about him yet? What makes Bruce Wayne interesting? If his parents aren't dead. <laughs> let's be honest. What makes Bruce Wayne interesting if his parents are still alive? Like, hmm. Is it his coming of age? And maybe that's why Barbara Gordon is there? Oh, I don't even want to think about the romantic possibilities they may have pitched with this show with Barbara Gordon because in my head, Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne should never be a thing. 
Maybe they tried. Oh, no. Someday they may end up together. Oh, no. Ever? No. Never? No. Barbara, she's just too strong of an independent woman, and Bruce Wayne just doesn't have time for anyone who isn't Batman. She's Batgirl. But she's not Batman. That's bat sexism. Are you saying that Batman's in love with himself? Yeah. While Bruce Wayne's in love with Batman, Batman doesn't have time for love. It's a one-way relationship. (laughs) Anyway. The the third pilot that you found. I did find this. This is another interesting thing in terms of what happened with this. I thought this was fun. Um, If you've never seen regular show... Um, I am a casual fan of regular show. Um, it's about Mordecai and Rigby, who are a blue jay and a raccoon. Because of course they are. Because of course they are. And they work in a city park, I guess, and they live in this park also. And it's basically a kid's cartoon show about the ridiculousness and futility of being in 20-something in modern America. And they have all these ridiculous adventures. And somehow, they have a pilot that, while it wasn't turned into the opening for their show, and it wasn't remade in the first episode, and it wasn't scrapped, they eventually went back and reused some of the footage and added more footage in a mostly cohesive way. There's a couple obvious moments. Um, and they've repurposed it entirely. And so it's really fascinating to look up the regular show pilot, which is just called Pilot, and then the regular show episode, first day. What I find myself so drawn to about these is that it's a difference between focusing on character and focusing on plot. And I am a sucker, complete sucker, for shows that in the first 10 seconds of their opening pilot or whatever can capture a character. Not a cartoon show. I think the first two minutes of 30 Rock are some of the best two minutes of TV ever made because you know the entire plot of the entire show in those two minutes. It's Liz Lemon loves food and loves rules. The end. And in regular show, in the pilot, it just opens with one of them opens a cupboard and goes milk and it cuts to the other one opening the fridge. Oh, reverse order. Sorry, the milk's in the fridge. My bad. Milk's in the fridge. The other one opens the cabinet and goes cereal and it cuts to them pouring them together a roll, and they both say, Combine! And that's the opening. And you get to these two weird friends who are broke because their cabinet and fridge are empty, and they're eating the cereal, and they're doing it together. And that's it. And that's it. And that is the character of Mordecai and Rigby in the pilot, first few seconds, sold. And so... In the end, the pilot really only had to be a minute long. Uh, It was like maybe five minutes long or so. I mean, there's there's more to the pilot than that. Well, of course. But what I'm saying is, in that, if you were trying to establish just that character relationship between those two characters, you've done the work. Mm -hmm. But then the story that they tell shows you just how far they're willing to go. And I think that in that first, in that pilot, they're showing you, look, this is... The extreme, and I don't think that is the extreme, 
but <laughs> they show you, look how far we can take this and let's stretch this out and just see how well it goes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is showing for possibility. And I don't, I think that's why it didn't make it to be the first show is because of how far off base it went. Huh. I mean, uh, playing rock, paper, scissors and tying until you open up a dimensional rift where a Cthulhu like monster pops out to steal your couch because you can't agree to share it is really not that off base from the rest of the show that I've seen. Well, sure. But what I'm saying is <laughs> as the first introduction to any of this, as of episode one, I don't think they could have started there. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot to begin with. I mean, you're, you're throwing a whole lot of cards out on the table at that point. You don't... I mean, it's a really great concept, and it was really hilarious. And I'm glad that it made it back into the show, and I'm sure that's why they kept it, because it was such a good gag. But it's not like a first episode gag, yeah. I think. It's not a first episode gag. It definitely gets us a character and kind of establishes the pitch of it's about these two friends. They fight a lot, but they make up. And in the first day, the remake of the pilot, um, it's more about the plot of telling how they came to work at the park in the first place and what happens in their first day, which is they're wandering around. Oh, they need money. Oh, there's an ad for the park. Okay, we have the job. Cool, we're sleeping in this room with no furniture in it. Let's go get some, um, oh, well, it's like, oh, I'm really hungry. And then it cuts to the pilot episode when they're looking for milk and cereal at that point. So it's like this forced, like, ah, we're having fun. Hey, are you hungry? And then it's milk cereal. And it was the 25th episode in season two before they even went back to that. Like that's how far they had to go in between from... This is where we are starting to show you what this show is about to the actually airing on TV season two, episode 25. And it's so, not even like it's a clip episode or something like they reuse footage. Probably about half the footage in it is new stuff that they animated. It's not a, a lazy episode by any means. It's a lot of work they put into it. Um, but that, that amount of distance from being the pilot episode to actually being somewhere where somebody can watch it. Yeah. And without the internet, a lot of these pilots would just not exist at all, which is amazing. And there are a great many pilots out there that we found in our research. Oh, so many. But uh, Some not so animated. Some not so animated. Some pretty weird concepts that never got made but um even the uh, the buffy the vampire slayer i like that one was, that was really good that seemed like it could go places that comedy was that stuck notch. with me a lot and there wasn't even really hardly of a fight in it either it was just kind of the characters of buffy hanging out hearing about a monster arguing about school stuff and i was sold having not seen buffy the vampire slayer the TV series. The TV series. I have seen the movie. But you've never seen Buffy? But I've never seen Buffy. Full disclosure, neither have I. <gasps> <laughs> uh, do you have a, uh, a favorite thing we didn't get to talk about today? A favorite thing we didn't get to talk about in terms of our... Any of the stuff we pilots? researched or unaired pilots? 
I'm my favorite movie of all time. I have to say, my favorite movie of all time is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and I just, when I was a kid, when I was eight or nine, and that movie came out, it just confirmed everything that I knew about the world that cartoon characters were alive somewhere. And it just said, yes, I knew it. I knew that it was true. I knew they were there somewhere in the world living amongst us. Um, knowing that there was the idea of a show about Roger Rabbit fighting Nazis. <laughs> the fact that that is out there as a concept, it never got created, never did anything. The fact that that was even out there as a possibility is just amazing. Because, one, it would have been a terrible show. <laughs> it would have been a terrible show, and I'm glad that they stopped it. I'm glad that Steven Spielberg did Schindler's List and said, Nazis and an animated rabbit. I think we did that with Bugs Bunny way back. Let's just let's just leave the rabbit and the Nazis separated for now. Although it does work for Hellboy. Animation, Nazis, you're, Hellboy. You're, you're right. You you are right. Roger Rabbit could team up with Hellboy. A Roger Rabbit Hellboy crossover. We're pondering in silence right now. Yeah. That that is a silence of dangerousness. <laughs> because my my brain automatically goes into, well, how would they meet? And which style would they be? And whose style would be? And like what are the rules of this world now? Because Roger Roger Rabbit wouldn't necessarily live in the Hellboys world. No, I don't think he does. Because... I think Hellboy might live in Roger Rabbit's world. In the background. Instead of being a, uh, a demon spawn, he's a cartoon character working with a team of humans to investigate other weird paranormal cartoon phenomena throughout the world. I can buy that. Solved it. You, you solved this Roger Rabbit Hellboy. You're welcome, Internet. So that's our show. Thanks to our engineer, Nigel Coutinho, and music by Jacob Reed. Catch us on the web at Twitter, WG Animated, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, and also on Facebook. That's all, folks. Good night, everyone. <laughs>